the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things. Put them in your brain. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host and DJ, Kyle. And this is your other host and DJ, Peter. So today, actually, this kind of spawned from a conversation that you and I had a few days ago, Kyle. Yeah. Somehow it came up, what if you had a record player in your car, kind of in the same way that you have like a CD player or a, mm. a tape deck or something. We kind of laughed about it and then we forgot about it. But then I remembered it um, a day or two ago and looked it up. And actually, Chrysler, for their 1956 models of a few different cars, they actually had what was called the Highway Hi-Fi, which was a built-in phonograph into the car so that you could listen to records while you were driving. That's pretty awesome. From what I understand, didn't they basically just play those little 7-inch 45s, though? They didn't play full records? Um, Actually, no. What's kind of interesting about this is that um, the whole thing was custom-made by Columbia Records. And since they didn't have that much room for full records because they were pretty big, there was an idea that to use just 45s. But the problem with that is that they only play one song. So you have to keep switching it while you're driving. That's kind of dangerous. So what they actually did was that they developed these specialized ultra micro groove type discs, which go really slow and they have a whole lot of grooves in them so that you can basically fit a whole album's worth of a record on the size of a 45. Hmm. So they developed it specially for this. Um, that way you don't have to keep, you know, switching it every three minutes Yeah. when you're trying to drive. Um, question about yeah. regarding that new format that they created, the micro groove, did that ever really take off as a side format? Cause I don't, Oh, you mean beyond this? Yeah, because I don't know anyone that ever used those. Beyond this, I've never heard of it. I'm surprised. I mean, I'm not a huge historian record. on yeah. uh, the formats of, of vinyl discs and stuff like that. So I believe that it could have made some other appearance elsewhere, but I've never heard of it before. Yeah, I haven't either. It seems like something that would take off because they're always trying to make things smaller. Yeah. And if you could fit a 12-inch record space on a 7-inch, why wouldn't that immediately be... I mean, maybe in a regular setting, there's no real, real reason to... Because I'm, I'm sure they're probably more expensive to make. True. Um, since they're more... Yeah, precise. that makes sense. So, that makes sense. I mean, if there's no reason to downsize it, maybe they... I don't know. That's, that's definitely true. But like I said before, the, the whole setup was built by Columbia Records. So, naturally, the records that were produced in this special format were exclusively by artists signed under Columbia Records. Hmm. So, they... I think eventually had a library of like 42 different discs that you can get for this special player, but they were all artists from Columbia. So, I mean, yeah. you were kind of limited in that way. Yeah. That, that seems kind of dumb that they would have a monopoly on that. That yeah. <laughs> it doesn't benefit them. It's kind of too bad. But I guess if you were buying a car in that year, then uh, this was a, a funny little option you could get. It actually did go for, I want to say like maybe two or four years until they eventually pulled it. Yeah. I don't see that lasting. Yeah, I was I was reading that they were actually really prone to breaking and needing maintenance and stuff. And it was basically biting Chrysler in the butt because they were having to pay a lot of warranty money on these hi-fis. So it was becoming like not even worth it for them financially, uh, which yeah. I think was a big part of the reason why they pulled them out. From my understanding, though, after that, they didn't really give up. They kind of tried again in, in around what, like four years later, 1960 where they tried to develop this player that played regular 45s. Mm -hmm. But like you said before, there's only one song on each side, yeah. and changing them while driving is very dangerous. Yeah. They developed this system where you could stack up to 12 records in the player so that you wouldn't have to change them, but they actually loaded upside down, and the record arm and needle would play them from the underside. I looked this up, and actually I saw a YouTube video of this, Ooh. of someone who had one of these classic cars, and it had this system in it, and he was showing it. 
We should post that. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool that he loaded in like, I don't know, six or eight records at once mm-hmm. in a stack, and they would play one, and then it would the arm would pull out, and it would drop one record, and then it would just go to the next one. Huh. So um, it was it was pretty cool. And overall, this whole concept was actually very innovative, because before this, all you had was radio. Yeah. And if you didn't like what they were playing, then you were kind of out of luck. Mm-hmm. Not like today, where you have, I won't even say CD players as much anymore as like iPod jacks. The one thing that I thought, that I kind of thought as we talked about this whole thing, since you're in a car with a record player, is the records would skip constantly mm. every time you hit a bump. Well, I think part of the part of the thing that they did to to counteract that was that the the needle would be pressured down so that it would stick to the record as much as possible, so that that it wouldn't skip so much. Because mm. I think on a regular record player, it's kind of sensitive. Mm-hmm. Another reason that this format kind of died out is because of that extra pressure on the disc that the disc was wearing out really fast. I was going to say, yeah, over time that would damage them. Yeah, so that was another reason that this didn't last more than a couple of years. It seems like a nice idea, especially in the 50s and 60s when basically there was no other format for music. Yeah. But, yeah, very not well thought out. Like, I mean, I, I have to hand it to them for actually, like, having a working one that actually made it into the market for a few years. I mean, that's pretty yeah. I never imagined that that was actually a real thing. It's funny, though, because, like, they spent all this time doing that, and then not even a decade later, they came out with the 8-track, which was basically just, like, a large cassette. That's true, yes. But, I mean, again, it's eight years, so I guess that's a pretty big difference. Eight years ago, they didn't have, they barely had iPods. Right. Let alone iPod connections in cars. Exactly. Well, thank you for listening to our little five-minute funk. Hopefully you learned a couple of things today. I know I did. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And uh, if you'd like, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. This has been Funk Radio. Thanks for listening. This has been your host, Peter. And this has been your host, Kyle. Bye. See you next time. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.